Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Good morning, everyone. Today is Wednesday, September 2nd, 2020. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page three, the first paragraph that starts with, for the next few years unpacking that one paragraph. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Leon B., Reva P., Maura Z., on the 12 Steps, Alicia N., on the 12 Traditions, Esther F., and our newcomer greeter will be Tanya G., and our host for the second unrecorded hour, Nancy P. The reference numbers for yesterday, September 1st, 7 a.m., is 15,257. That's 15257. For the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, 15,258. That's 15258. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover. Through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Elisa N. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Elisa. Good morning. I'm Elisa N., a recovered compulsive overeater in Richmond, Virginia. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result, as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
Thank you. Grateful to serve. Thank you, Alicia. I will now ask for Esther F. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Esther. Thank you. Hi, this is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may meet, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you so much, Esther. Okay, so how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify, please, as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book. We are on page three, the first paragraph, and I'm going to ask Leon B. to get us started. Go ahead, Leon. Good morning. It's Leon B. Gratefully recovered from Simpsonville, South Carolina. Since for the next few years, fortune threw money and applause my way, I had arrived. My judgment and ideas were followed by many to the tune of paper millions. The great boom of the late 20s was seething and swelling. Drink was taking an important and exhilarating part in my life. There was loud talk in the jazz places uptown. Everyone spent in thousands and chattered in millions. 
scoffers could scoff and be damned. I made a host of fair weather friends. Um, there's so much I think about in that in that paragraph. First of all, it just sounds very exciting. This atmosphere that he was in, and I can quite see myself um, thinking exactly like Bill thought, and, and I so much felt in so many different ways as Bill felt, especially this need and this drive to be successful. And when you find yourself in the in the middle of it, you're just like, look at what at what I've done, at what I have accomplished. And I read this paragraph, and I'm thinking about the previous uh, days reading and Bill having this drive for success, which which many of us have. And I don't think there's anything wrong with these instincts that we have for success. But as Bill says in the AA 12 and 12, he speaks about them exceeding their proper function. You know, Bill wanting to be rich like everyone else. And he says, why not I, you know, and he set out to do this, you know, following his instincts as a speculator, and it paid off, you know, fortune through money and applause my way, and it just amazes me what we as compulsive overeaters and addicts, what we can accomplish, the talents and the drive that we have, but these are under selfish desires and control, you know, and he also says in the 12 and 12 that man's desires cause him great trouble, practically all the trouble there is. But I know the end to this story, and we're going to continue to read this. And it is because of of this drive that was placed into him and how he used it under God's direction. And it, and it is because of Bill placing these God-given instincts into the care of his higher power. And he got out of himself and became recovered. We are here today. Placing our will in the hands of our higher power, it's the right use of the will, you know. And further ahead, not to be getting further ahead, but this is what I think about in this story. You know, once he became recovered in that hospital, it's like those God-given desires, they were starting to be directed outwardly in the right direction to help his, his fellow man. No drive for himself to become successful you know, it says, while he laid in the hospital, the thought came that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what he had been so freely given unto him. And he said, perhaps I could help some of them. And see how that I changed? Because before we read about the I, it was what he could do for himself. But now he's saying, I could help some of them. They, in turn, may work with others. So I say today, um, as we're on this phone, this is great reading. I mean, and it shows us what we can do with our success, what we can do with our internal instincts. And it also shows not in the right hands, not with the proper desire where it can actually lead us. Because he talked about how the drink became worse under his own control of his desire. So I, I, that's what I got out of that reading today. And I, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. What a great way to get us started, Leon B. Thank you so, so much. Okay, so we'd love to hear from others, share their experience, strength, and help. Uh, but if you shared in the last two days, meeting Tuesday or Monday, we ask that you let others share and give them an opportunity as well. So who would like to share? Nancy J. from Geneva, Illinois. Nancy J. Reva P. Reva P. Barbara.
think I might have missed somebody, but please chime up again. Chime in again. All right. I have Nancy J, Breva P, Barbara E. Anyone else? Johan Okay, Johan. Johan N. And then there was Nessa. Nessa R. All right, we got ourselves a great group. Nancy J, Reva P, Barbara E, jo- Johan N, Nessa R. All right, Nancy, you're up. Thank you. Good morning. This is Nancy J from Geneva, Illinois, gratefully recovered. So wonderful to be here. And this paragraph really jumped out at me because I am such a hard-driving person. I've been that way my whole life, wanting to prove I'm the smartest, I'm the the best worker, the most dedicated. Any homework assignment I had, I did it immediately. I studied for every test and just an extremely hardworking person, a high achiever. And it puts tremendous pressure on a person to be like that. And now we're here with the coronavirus and COVID-19 and and my life, my professional life has really changed. Uh, it's it's shrinking. It's just shrinking. The profession I'm in, it's just it's just not helping uh, what I do. And so I've had to accept uh, to step back and and not do as much. And it's been very very hard on me. And but what's really helped is having OA and having the fellowship and realizing. I can, I can redirect a lot of this energy into my program, into sponsoring, and into participating in all our wonderful Zoom meetings. And uh, it, it reminds me of where it says how uh, in step 11, when we wake up, we ask for the right motives. It's almost the first thing the book directs us to do is ask for the right motives. And why is this important? It's because we can have the wrong motives. My motives can be to serve myself and serve my ego and serve this tremendous drive that's in me. But I know that's not the healthy way for me. It's not the spiritual way for me. And to focus, to ask my higher power to help me have the right motives, the right thoughts and actions so that I use my energy in the right way. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nancy. Okay, Reva P, your time. Good morning. This is Reva P, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Two main things uh, struck me this morning. The first is, you know, this is the beginning of the drinking. This is his happy, exhilarating uh, phase of drinking. And it um, reminds me at the very beginning it was sort of exciting. Like, I thought I was getting away with it. Like, in my restricting anorexic days, look how much I can restrict. It was almost like I was, you know, proud of it. And I thought, yeah, like, look what I can get away with. Um, and when I was binging and using laxatives, I thought this was brilliant. Um, so that was the first phase, very short-lived. But there was that um, kind of thing, just like Bill had. 
But the second thing, and the thing that strikes me the most always, is the sentence, I had arrived. I so relate to that sentence. And I looked up the word arrived, and it says, to reach a place at the end of a journey. So when I think of this concept of arriving, first of all, who decided where to go? Riva, self-will run riot. And then this belief, this old lie that when I get there, when I accomplish that, um, I will be okay. I can sort of have that ease and comfort. Um, Life will be better when. And you know what? I would get to those destinations, whether it was a weight, whether it was an achievement, whether it was a life event. And I just brought myself with me. And I was the same. Life was the same. Nothing changed. Um, So this business of I want to just get there and be finished um, and the misuse of my ambition um, is something I can definitely relate to in my experience And what a contrast at the end of step 12 in the AA 12 and 12 where it talks about feeling that we do not have to be especially distinguished among our fellows in order to be useful and profoundly happy. And it talks about, you know, service gladly rendered, obligations squarely met, troubles well accepted or solved with God's help, the knowledge that at home or in the world, outside we are partners in a common effort, the well-understood fact that in God's sight all human beings are important. And he just goes on and on and talks about true ambition is the deep desire to live usefully and walk humbly under the grace of God. What a contrast. And that can happen to me and that can happen to all of us if we put the food down and work the steps. We are transformed and our ambitions are used in the right way as directed by God, not by me. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Riva. Okay, next up, Barbara E. Barbara, please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad to be able to be with you today. Pardon my raspy voice. Uh, I won't go into the details. They're too embarrassing. Well, this program by which we are guided to recovery is really quite simple. But my friends at Weight Watchers thought I was crazy to say that I needed to find a belief in some kind of God if I was ever to finally lose the excess baggage for good that I carried on my body. And when I said I was told I could pick my own concept of God, just be willing, they continued to scoff. But I was determined. I did not worship the movie stars or other famous people. But the splendor girls, slender girls, who could eat anything with no negative consequences, to hear them say, this dessert is just too rich, I can't finish it, that was never true for me. I lived in a world of isolation, alone with my food. My ego, in the form of my low opinion of myself, said I was less than you. I wanted to be a cheerleader, but fat girls don't become cheerleaders. I wanted to get invited to the prom, but fat girls don't get invited. I wish to be invited into one of the top sororities and marry a man of stature. None of those things were important, but I didn't get it yet. 
I used to thank God for leading me to OA. Now I thank, I thank OA for leading me to God. No longer living merely to eat, but eating to live because I learned that food is not my enemy. And I thank God every day for the beautiful life he offers me filled with possibilities. Yes, I realized there were certain foods I was allergic to and certain negative or foolish behaviors that would certainly send me back to the food. But more importantly, I learned that I needed a God to help me through the turbulent waters that lay ahead. And if I turned to him, I could be transformed. And all I did would have to do was throw out some lifelong concepts and ideas and trust my God to keep me headed toward my true North Star and to learn that if I thought less about me and more about what I could do for you, I believe I live a happier life. But I couldn't realize the true significance of the simple program without the help of the fellowship who so graciously were willing to share their experiences with me will be always grateful and honored to give back to others what they gave to me. I pass. Thank you so much, Barbara. And I have 15 seconds left on the clock, so there you go. Thank you so much for your share. Okay, Johan N., please go ahead. Hi, my name is Johan N. Uh, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Sweden. My daughter just woke up here, so I'm going to try to make a share. Uh, thank you so much for service and uh, for these meetings, everybody calling in. And I can relate so much to, to Bill's story and uh, especially this paragraph, uh, this I just arrived. I had this selfish drive uh, for as long as I can remember. I always... Uh, uh, as a kid, I uh, I uh, figured out how to get candy from my from my sister and brothers, and uh, I figured out how to get money in order to to buy candy. And uh, in my in my early twenties, I really had arrived. I fought. Uh, I was uh, I was then I moved down to the French Riviera. I had a company. I was making a lot of money in a very immoral way, so to say. <laughs> uh, and th this, 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 uh, this work was really killing me on the inside. And uh, this, uh, this black hole was just getting bigger and bigger. And, bigger. and I was just uh, using food more and more to, to try to, to escape and try to feel good. And, and, uh, and so it was for the next 14 years or so, and uh, I just got bigger and bigger, and uh, uh, it just got worse and worse. And then, uh, at last, I came to away, uh, and uh, I've been abstinent now for for 15 months, thanks to this program, and thanks to these meetings, and uh, for for good sponsorship and uh, the the directions in 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 Big Book, and uh, I haven't done anything to, to get relief from the obsession. All I did was follow the instructions in the big book uh, and go into action, really doing the work, really committing to the program. 
And uh, then one day the obsession was just lifted from me. It was gone. And it was a miracle. And today I live one day at a time abstinent instead of holding on to my abstinence and holding on to a diet or whatever. Well, because that's what I've done my whole life. And uh, it's just such a joy and it's such a freedom. And I'm so, I'm so happy uh, at last. And all thanks to this program. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Johan. Nessa R., your turn. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And this reading just uh, kind of brought to my mind the contrast between my life um, at the depth of my disease and my life now. You know, like I was um, 22 years old, um, just graduated from a, an, uh, an MBA program at an Ivy League school, working at an investment bank, making a lot of money, being totally uh, afraid that people would realize that I'm a fraud, that I'm not smart. Um, I was uh, a size two then, and I uh, had beautiful clothes, and I lived, uh, and I looked good, and I lived in constant fear that all the hoops I had to jump to maintain that weight and still feed my addiction would stop working, which of course it did because uh, my weight ballooned eventually to 200 pounds, maybe more, because I stopped weighing myself at around 192 pounds. Um, I had lots of friends. I went out a lot and I felt so lonely, so lonely. Um, um, I worked really hard. I played really hard. And my life had zero meaning. It was just felt so empty, so futile. And now fast forward to now, I've been recovered um, over eight and a half years. I'm a size six. I still have nice clothes and I still look good. Um, I don't have a high-powered job in high finance. I still work in finance, but at a more, more modest job. I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of friends. But um, I don't feel lonely. Uh, even when I'm alone, I don't feel lonely. When I'm with a lot of people, I don't feel lonely. Um, and instead of working hard and playing hard, um, I have my priorities straight. You know, I do have a job and I do have a family. Uh, and my, my, my family gets priority over my job. Um, and I have time for like the truly meaningful things in life which is serving God and helping others you know and for the first time in my life I am truly truly happy because you know happiness is not just feeling good happiness is about meaning and the pursuit of, of a disease or of an addiction just leaves one um, in a completely meaning, meaningless existence um, serving God helping others that's where the meaning is that's where the true happiness is. Um, even when I don't get what I want, even when things don't go my way, I can truly say that I am, I am happy and content. And more importantly, um, you know, I don't, I'm not fighting with the food, or maybe not more importantly, but I'm, important. I'm not fighting with food. I don't need food to get through those low, low spots that we all encounter in contrast to the times um, before. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nessa. 
Okay, so we are going to take some more shares. We're on page three, the first paragraph for the next few years, just unpacking that one paragraph. Again, if you shared on Monday or Tuesday, if you could please hold off so others could share their experience, strength, and hope, that would be greatly appreciated. Who would like to share? Melissa no, okay. Melissa C. Who was the other person? Nosa J. Loretta H. Nosa J. Loretta H. Sheer F. Sheer F, did you say? I might not have gotten that right. F is in Frank. Sheer F. So Sheer F. Sheer F. Okay, gotcha. Anyone else? Okay. Melissa C. Nasa J. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right. Forgive me if I'm butchering it. You can correct me. Loretta H. Cher F. Was there someone else that wanted to get on the list? Ken W. H. Ken W. H. All right. Let's go with that. Melissa C., you're up. Melissa Star One, please. Melissa, did I lose you? Hey, it's not me. It was I think it was Melissa P. It's not Melissa C. Uh, okay. <laughs> Melissa P. Thank you for clarifying. Okay. Well, we'll check it out. Melissa P, is that you? There is a Melissa. Okay. Well, if I had that wrong, I beg your pardon. But if there we go. Melissa, I got okay. it. Now I'm unmuted. Okay, that go. only took five times. Good morning. Thank you. Sorry about that. No um, this is Melissa P. from Buffalo, New York. Good morning, my fellows. How grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I read this paragraph last night, and <laughs> it brought back so many memories to me of... Uh, being 23 and having gastric bypass surgery and being accepted for the first time in my life because I wasn't the fat girl at the party. I had something more than, you know, humor to offer, or so I thought. Um, And I remember being downtown at a college bar and talking to all these guys and all these girlfriends that wanted to be my friend and you know, using drugs and alcohol, and then it was okay to binge on whole subs or pizzas or whatever after the night was over, Um, you know, being under the influence. And I I thought that that was the best my life was going to get. I thought, oh, my God, I'm here. This is what I waited for my whole life, where I can binge and have this this life. Um, And then one day I woke up and my teeth started cracking from the bile because I would still puke all the time, trying to pretend like I didn't have gastric bypass so I could eat whatever I want. Uh, My hair started falling out in clumps, and I wasn't so popular anymore because to me I was was still ugly on the inside. In my disease, I was doing ugly things. Um, And I, that false sense of belonging... I just chased it for so long. Um, And I'm just so grateful for this program, this book, my higher power, my sponsor, 
that when I walked into the conference in November, those feelings of, of not arriving but being around my people came back, except this time it was real. Um, that, you know, God's by my side wherever I go as long as I turn. And uh, that that's where the belonging comes from. It, it was inside of me all along. And I'm just... I'm just so grateful that I don't have to live life like that anymore. So thank you so much. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa. Okay. Nasa J, it's your turn. Uh, Nosa J. Nosa. Okay. Sorry about that. Please go ahead. Thank you. Um, Nosa J, compulsive overeater. Um, this reminded me of like when I was a kid and, you know, I had to um, not eat so much or, um, you know, because my family would be like, oh, you're eating too much. You're getting so fat. You're, you know, all of this. And, and then once I got old enough and, and was able to buy my own food, you know, and eat whatever I wanted. And, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a woman that loves, uh, power and and so you know instead of thinking that I'm fat I would just be like you know um, I'm a pretty big girl you know and I would use that power and and you know I'm I'm I have a lot of friends and um, you know I have a good personality so so it doesn't really matter you know what's on the outside and 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 I could just do whatever I wanted, you know, and I love that. And, and, you know, even, I don't know, even a month ago, you know, um, instead of telling myself that I'm fat, trying to continue to do this on my own, you know, I'm like, oh, well, you know, another day or, you know, just trying to push it aside because I didn't want to look at it. And, um, and now I'm, it's just crazy. It's been my whole life, you know, and, and, um, now I'm looking at it and, and I was just telling, um, uh, like my sponsor and someone else that, um, you know, it's just crazy to me how I don't have to binge on the foods that, that I eat today. Um, and, you know, if I get those pizzas and ice creams, like I get the whole pizza and, two pints of ice cream and I eat it all and then I want more. And, and if I just eat what I'm, you know, my non-alcoholic foods, I can have my serving and be good. So um, I'm just really happy I'm here and I'm going to keep coming back. And thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you all for your service. You have a wonderful day. Thank you. Okay. Loretta H. It's your turn. Thank, thank you. This is Loretta H. And everybody who shared um, saving my life today. This is Loretta H. Recovered by God's grace. I live in Raleigh and uh, driving and having arrived. Uh, it's interesting because I do not like to drive. But boy, did I love to drive my life. And until I came into the room in 2001, that's all I did, even though I didn't like to drive. (laughs) And um, I took my first job uh, in the 60s because it had a weight restriction, and it made me control my weight. 
I also, it was a service job. And when I went in for the interview, I told them, oh, I love people, and this is why I'm going to do this. Well, I'm a fraud. Um, and not intentionally. I think um, the first share talked about that. Initially, my drives were pretty honest. Uh, I really did like other people. I wanted to keep my weight down because society said, but it was for the wrong reasons. It was so that I would get something I wanted, so that I wouldn't lose what I had, or so that I wouldn't be found out. And I found in this program, as it talks about in the doctor's opinion, this is an altruistic movement. It isn't a me movement, an I movement. And I, um, in fact, a fellow made me read how many times um, the I and the me and myself are in this chapter because I incorrectly shared that it was 29 times. Well, I counted 315 times that this word I, but as the first chair shared, after a while, Bill gets to the altruistic I and the altruistic me because he's working and helping others. And as Dr. Bob says, I do this today because it's a pleasure, because it's insurance against that first drink, because it saves my life. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And I am so grateful for my sponsors, uh, my God, who always, always graces me with whatever I need, and for my fellow sponsors who teach me more than I could ever, ever teach them. And that's what the gift of this program is, and that's what gives a happy destiny. I can be comfortable in my own skin today and not use food to get there or not restrict to get there because the high of anorexia is probably higher than any drug you could do and I've never done drugs so but it is very very powerful and also very destructive and with that I pass thank you so much Loretta share F it's your turn I um, I'm Sheer F from northern New York it's S H I R. Um, okay, thank you. Um, so I have been listening to these amazing shares, and I, I, they're all speaking directly to me. This whole idea of I have arrived and the ambition um, used in the wrong way. The first speaker said that really, really well. And about five years ago, I had been very ambitious in my job. And the next level opportunity opened up where I could have the position that I really wanted on my ladder to success. Um, but at the same time, I also had an outside service, um, community service thing that I was doing where I had had to run for office. I had been doing two years of a three-year term. But I had a 12-year-old daughter who was saying, Mom, are you ever going to spend any time with me? <laughs> I thought, wow, she actually wants to spend time with me. So when this opportunity opened up, I actually prayed. And this was so big for me um, because I came into this program with a very negative view of God and feeling like I was an atheist. Um, but I've been in program 20 years. It, it just takes a long time to sink in for me. Um, but I prayed. 
and I was actually willing to wait for an answer. And after three days, I got the answer, which was no, <laughs> you know, don't do this, and resign from that board that you're on because some things are more important right now. Um, and I was, it, somebody said um, on this meeting once that God speaks in short declarative sentences, and that's how you know it's Him. And it is so true. I've had just a few times in my life where I've been willing to listen, and I've heard that. And so I turned, um, I turned down the opportunity to apply for this next level of job. Um, but then, you know, God threw me a curveball and said, okay, since my department chair did end up taking that job, I ended up becoming having to, having to be department chair. Um, and I hadn't wanted another leadership position after that discussion with God. But I think what happened was I was given that position because it wasn't from my ambition. It was to be of service to my coworkers and my um, organization. And so it is so different when we put our drive for success in the context of our own ambition versus when we put it to work or what our higher power wants us to do. And that was I need to keep that experience in mind because as my sponsor says, it's not about the food. It's about the spiritual program. So thank you very much. Sure. And I pass. Thank you, Sharon. Okay. Ken W H, please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, good to be with you all today. Um I had arrived. Um I wanted to get there and uh, all my life, but I just didn't even really know where that was, where where was. Um, but I was going to get there, by golly, and I was going to do it my way. I had the, the Frank Sinatra theme song uh, just locked right in. I did it my way. And um, uh, it didn't work, obviously. Uh, I, uh, I arrived. I got to live the high life, literally and figuratively. <laughs> I um I basically spent a, a good portion of my life just living high. Um and it was high off the hog so to speak, off off the food. Um it started with alcohol, but food no, oh, it didn't even start with alcohol. It started with food when I was a kid, but then the alcohol came in and, and the food stayed there and I just lived the high life. I was high all the time. And um I wanted to achieve. I wanted to get there my way, so I proceeded to flunk out of college um, because I was going to do it my way. <laughs> um, so it obviously didn't work. Uh, I was trying to get somewhere, and I was trying to reach uh, a, a destination, and I think that's what I did with recovery for years and years and years. I tried to get to a place and um, a state, <laughs> so to speak, maybe New Jersey or whatever, I tried to get to a place rather than to a state of being, um, which is a release from captivity. Uh, that's that's really uh, what the ambition um, has become for me, is that full release, that just out of captivity to a state of being, state of mind and being that is that is free, free to to move as uh, God's kid and uh, be of use uh, wherever I can be of use, um, and to be healthy and whole. Uh, I have not arrived. Um, I don't want to arrive, 
at any place but in God's will. That's the only destination I have in mind at this point, is just to do what God has in store for me. Um, I, I'm, I, mean, I am making progress, and I've come a long, long, long way, but I haven't arrived. I haven't uh, reached the destination. I haven't gotten to some place where I can just coast and slide. Um, and I, I, I got a lot of work to do yet, and I'm doing it. And I'm happy to be uh, a, a part of this fellowship. You have uh, really shifted my whole attitude and outlook upon life has changed. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm not afraid anymore from what God has in mind for me. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Ken W.H. Awesome. Okay, so we have time for, I don't know, maybe three, three people to go. Who would like to share on what was read? Mary H. Mary H. Did you say? <laughs> no, that's T E R R I. Terry. Terry. Yeah. Terry. There we go. Who else? Freya H. Freya. Nancy P. Nancy P. All right, let's go with this three and see where we wind up. Terry H. Freya H. Nancy P. Terry, please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you for hearing me. Uh, and thank you for your, your service. I'm Terry H. I'm from Pensacola, Florida. Am I grateful? Recovered compulsive overeater one day at a time. <laughs> the funny thing is I came into this program for vanity. Thank God I've stayed for the sanity. I could really, really relate when he said that uh, I have a high, high, high desire to be um, good, very good at what I do, very important. I want to be known, uh, not anymore. I, that was my, your early days in, uh, in high school. I was in the slow group. I was in the dumb class. Uh, I even had a counselor to tell me that I'd never make it in college. Well, by golly, that was the best thing he could have ever said to me, is to tell me I couldn't. Couldn't make it in college because that gave me a determination and a drive because I wanted to prove that I was the best. I had to work harder. I had to work longer hours. Uh, I was in, in, in my past life, I was a special ed teacher. And I used to laughingly say, I understand these kids. I didn't realize what I was saying, but I'm a slow learner. And that can be an advantage. That can be a positive thing. Because it makes you want, if you're a compulsive overeater, if you're an addict, uh, it will make you, make me, want to be more determined to, to, to be better at what I did. I used to hear things like, oh, you have such a pretty face. Or, how can you be that fat? You don't eat that much. Uh, well, I was, and I did. And today, uh, you know, I've been in this program uh, a little over three years. And what I found was, yes, I did come for the vanity. I did come. And the good Lord lifted that 100 pounds off me. He's kept that 100 pounds off of me. But I'm still here because I want to be sane. That's the important part. I want to be sane. The the journey that I'm taking is totally different than the one I started on. Today, it is about the spirituality. It's not about being the best. It's not about being recognized. 
and I've had to do so many 10 steps because I wasn't recognized. I didn't, I wasn't seen, yet I don't speak. How can you, how can you be seen if you don't speak? Um, but today, uh, it's not about how many meetings I go to, and boy, that was, used to be my biggie, three vision meetings a day, come hell or high water. Today, it's more about service. It's more about service. How can I be of help to my fellow man? Because this time last year, I had the same surgery I had uh, three weeks ago almost. And uh, what a difference a year makes. I white-knuckled it. I white-knuckled it. Today, I have God, and he is helping me not to have a white-knuckle abstinence. Uh, it's, the food has, has totally... Huh. Okay, honey, thank you. One last thought. He has totally lifted uh, my desire for sedating the pain. Just feel the feel the pain and leave, uh, do it anyway. Anyway, thank you for letting me share. Have a blessed one. Thank you, Sherry. Okay, Freya, please go ahead. Good morning. My name is Freya H. I'm a recovered compulsive eater, bulimic restrictor in Colorado. And on page two. It says business and financial leaders were my heroes. And for me, I can substitute being thin and getting other people to like me with my heroes. And so on the paragraph we read today, when I, I had arrived came when I learned how to be thin, when I learned how to restrict. And that actually happened when, at, when I came into uh, the rooms of OA um, when I was 19 years old. And I heard... I was only ready to hear what I was ready to hear, but I did hear get a food plan, three meals a day, nothing in between, and report it to your sponsor. So I did that, and I had a lovely sponsor, and she, um, you know, she she kindly kept suggesting I, you know, do these steps, and I just wasn't really interested because this paragraph described it was working, you know, like it's life was good. I had everything I wanted. I I I finally didn't feel all this shame about my body and about the way I was eating. And that um, allowed me to have you know, friendships and take part in activities and to, um, you know, to, to feel like I was finally getting what I wanted out of life, that I had, but it always polluted me. And, but it was all about me. Like so many people have said, I was really not tuned into what this program was all about. And fast forward to, you know, several years down the road when, um, you know, I had like quote unquote long-term abstinence, but I was in the bedevilments and I was not emotionally sober. Um, you know, I was wondering why am I still restless, irritable discontent? I thought I was doing this program. I thought it was supposed to solve that for me. And that's when I got to dig deeper and really discover the message here, which is, this is not about me. This is about service. And one of my favorite things that's, um, very, uh, very functional in my life today is this idea that I don't get what I want. I don't need to get what I want. So, um, and, and, and thank God that I don't get what I want. It's actually such a gift because then I can find out what God has for me instead, which is usually better than anything I could have planned. So thanks for the opportunity to share. I will pass. Thank you so much. Free, free up. Okay. Nancy P., your turn. Please go ahead. Thank you. Um, Nancy P., calling in from West Newton, Massachusetts, recovered today. Um, so 
for the next few years, fortune through money and applause my way, I had arrived. That seems to be the the um, operative phrase today. Well, it certainly is for me. And I can say that, you know, I had been in Overeaters Anonymous from 1971 until today. And I um, I still have the first young people's, you know, format that they wrote. I mean, I had, I had excellent opportunity. It was laid out for me on a on a silver platter, you know, I could have recovered, you know, I had all this opportunity and I never did. I, I was, you know, I had arrived, but I was always still looking for a parking spot, I guess, you know, and, and, you know, or if I got to, you know, if I felt that I had gotten something like a job, you know, I, I, I too had a great job and made a lot of money and, you know, did, you know, had these material sort of things. I got married to a great guy. I, you know, I have a nice house. I have all this material stuff. And, um, but I still felt like I was still on the outside looking in. It didn't matter how much I had, didn't matter how much, where I had arrived to, what journey I had taken to get there. I never felt like I was seated. You know, I never felt like I was parked. And, um, and it wasn't until I, you know, I'm, I'm going to meetings all this time, but I, I maintained that I was in relapse the entire time that until I surrendered. I was basically in relapse because I was still obsessed with food and I was still trying to do things my way and I could never get it. I was just resentful. You know, how come her and not me? I'm never going to get this. It's never going to be mine. And um, my host of Fairweather Friends were barely, you know, they, by my standards of friendship today, they were casual acquaintances. And, um, you know, it was only until, only when I got to the depths of my pain, that all pain is equal. I want to just say that everybody's pain is the same, but I had to go from myself. It seemed like a pretty dark place before I finally said, I need um, more than what is on offer here. And, um, but when I, when I, surrendered and I started to work this program the way that they tell me to and you know with a humble attitude and a and a um, voracious appetite for recovery then I got better so that when I finally did arrive I am serene and joyful and at peace and with that I'll pass thank you so much and Nancy P well we have one minute someone like to take a one minute share Anyone? Don't be shy. Okay. Well, we're going to just wrap things up. Thank you, everyone, for an awesome meeting. Please join us for another awesome second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, September 2nd, 2020, is 15,266. That's 15266. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Mara Z, if you could kindly read that for us, greatly appreciate it. I'm sorry, not Mara Z. I beg your pardon. Reva P. Reva P. Hi, this is Reva P., Grateful Recovered, Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will 
constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.